and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. Today we have a guest that's a mom, a regular mom, just like you and me. Um, her name is Susan Klamusko, and she created www.notonemore.net. The name of the organization is Not One More to educate families about the hazards of heroin and other drug abuse. Heroin use and abuse is excessive these days. Not one more guides parents and children to a path free of devastation, incarceration, and death, and enlists those struggling with addiction to a place of recovery and peace. Susan hopes that the Simi Valley-based organization can become a role model for others in the USA and the world by working with city leaders, traditional media, and social network platforms. Um, I've become a fast friend of Susan's because I sit on the board of an organization called Regenerate Films, and I'm very, very excited about our strategic alliance so we could pump up the volume in our educating people about this addiction. And Susan, welcome to my show. Thank you, Cindy. Um, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for the invite. It's a pleasure to have you. Did I pronounce your last name right? You did wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad because sometimes I, you know, I always wonder right before the show, did I get that yes, completely I right? You did fine. Well, Susan, listen, when I've met you and learned about your organization and had the pleasure of talking to you, I was really shocked at not only the fact that heroin was accessible, I mean, I mean, I was just naive. I had no idea that it was available anymore. Um, and also, you have stories about how it's dispensed that is just so, so shocking in our system. And we have four segments to talk about it, but I wanted to bring that up front because you went on your own journey and had a, you know had to deal with something so personal and so devastating and decided that there wasn't going to be one more like this but your journey was really an eye opener wasn't it um yes it was um my journey my story is about my son um Austin that you know as as many children do they start experimenting with um alcohol marijuana stuff like that and um they in in this situation it really did cross the bridge from pills to heroin 
And many, many people are naive to what's going on out there in our society, in our world. Um, there's been med- um, some medical professionals that have overprescribed to children. Well, I mean, 18 and over, I want to say. To me, they're still children. Um, the pills and getting um, very high and or very potent drugs out on the streets for them to be abused and used. Um, and that was the case of my son. There was a couple doctors at a clinic out in um, San Fernando Valley that um, they started going to, um, and inadvertently, all these children ended up with um, opiate addiction. Um, I did go check out this clinic. It was a very scary situation that I got into and had to leave immediately because um, it was obviously not a regular clinic. It was to me, ran by others at B. But anyways, to, my son ended up with an opiate addiction, and this was his first stint that we had to send him to rehab. He was very bad. He was using Oxycontin, Roxanols, Xanax. And when I say Xanax, we're, calling, we're saying Zanny bars, which are two milligrams of Xanax for anybody that knows that a normal dose of Xanax is 0.25 to 0.5. Also... With Roxanols and Oxycontin, those are more used for um, society with um, really bad pain management and also cancer patients. It has been flowing freely in our societies. And for, for young 20-year-old children or kids to, ha- to be taking this on a regular basis, to me, is just unacceptable. Um, I'm a nurse, and I think that part of this was such a shock to me and I you always find out after the fact with your addicts um that they you know what what they've been doing and it was the first bout when we put them into rehab to understand it was a professional a doctor professional that was um giving my child these medications so frightening so I mean for those of us that are hearing this story for the first time it's just shocking I mean who would really think that dirty doctors would be prescribing to 18-year-old kids. Yep, and it was all for cash. It was $100 per prescription, and um, there's usually a a dirty pharmacy that's connected. Um, When I found this clinic, and, of course, my son at this time was in rehab, I did what I thought I should do and went to our local police and discussed it with them. Um, I, I... contacted the medical board, and I put in a a formal complaint against this doctor plus another doctor that worked in the same office. And um, they came to my house, and they did a a formal investigation. But to my shock, it still took over two years to close down that clinic, which I I think there's going to have to be some changes with the medical board and things that have, you know, because we trust them to monitor the doctors. Yeah, that's startling, just startling. I mean, I guess what you first did is reported it to authorities, right? You reported Mm -hmm. it to the police? Police, medical board, and the LADA because this clinic was down in Los, you know, down in San Fernando Valley. Okay. And um, what did they, and they just said, okay, let me, you know, let me take notes from you. Let me take a report. Yes, they, when they start getting more and more complaints, they, they supposedly actively investigate these um, physicians. I have a friend that I met in my travels in, in the children drug world, and she lost her son four years ago 
to an overprescribing doctor out in San Fernando Valley. Her the, uh, that doctor had been reported six years prior to um, her son's passing. Now, unfortunately, it seems like if something had been more proactively done with this doctor, that maybe her son would have never gone into the path of opiate pill addiction and may still be alive today, as with many others. Um, there's another Roland Heights doctor that was overprescribing that is currently on trial for murder for three children, for three young people, um, and that's Dr. Singh. I mean, is that is that somewhat encouraging to know that at least somebody is on trial for murder rather than somebody walking away? Absolutely. I think that what it's doing, it's it's setting precedents and it's sending a message to other doctors of overprescribing what could happen to you, what where the you know consequences for your actions, so to speak. So um, I'm hoping this trial goes well. I think it's going to be a monumental set if she is convicted guilty for overprescribing. And, it is. Um, well, it will open the public's eyes to this, what I'm, I'm calling a dirty little secret. I mean, it's, um, you know, again, it just floored me when you told me this story because when, usually when you report something to authorities, you know, everything is over-policed. You know what I mean? Like in society today, things seem to be overly policed. And, you know, you hear this, you would think that there would be no question that an arrest would be made. I mean, you know, you go to the clinic and you shut it down. I mean, they do it with marijuana dispensaries all the time. Why wouldn't they do it with this? Yes. Um, I guess it's very hard to build the case. I, I guess some of these doctors are very hard to catch. They, For instance, um, they won't let people in with purses and stuff. You're checked for wires um, and things like that is what I've heard. Um, it's hard for the police have to go in and, and make controlled buys and um, build cases against these doctors, and they, they try to operate somewhat within the legal system. Um, I don't know how well they do that. I don't think the clinic that my son was going to was doing that well. Um, but it, it, it's hard for it's, – and it's also, as I understand, doctors, um, the medical board does not like to eat their own. Um, they're afraid to kind of stand up to each other. Um, a nurse at Los Robles, we had another doctor that was in practice for many, many years that um, we all knew were overprescribing, yet none of us did anything about it. It was, um, I mean, this is a few years ago, and it wasn't until one of his patients finally turned him in um, because he was passing out pills for guns um, because this patient had gotten so addicted to the opiates that he that's all he had left to pay for it was his guns and traded pills for guns. Um, so the medical board, that was the police were able to um, build a case against him, and he was um, then... He, he did lose his license, but as far as I know, he did not do any jail, jail time. Um, another doctor up in Santa Barbara area was feeding um, many um, citizens out there, and um, they just recently arrested him at the end of last year. Um, I think the Santa Barbara Cottage Hospital were proactive and started reporting him. The um, nurses, the doctors, they made a, um, they made a point to um, get him reported and get him removed, which I think should start happening more and more. People need to stand together and say, not one more. 
I think um, you're absolutely right. And I would imagine, Susan, if I were to take this to a guerrilla marketing, you know, level, which, you're do, which you really are doing, but to the next level, it would probably be dangerous if you gathered parents or, you know, friends to picket these establishments, right? I mean, you would probably fear what might happen to you because, as you mentioned, they were clearly dirty. I mean, there were clearly, you know, sort of crooked characters in the operation. Yes, and I have been told that it is dangerous, but then part of me thinks that if you have enough people, if you have a big enough group, then you're safer in numbers, so to speak. Um, I also believe to keep them on the move, um, whereas I was told by other people that, no, you've got to let them build a case, you've got to keep them there, um, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for me, I just wanted them gone, out, not in my backyard, so to speak. And I know that's, you know, kind of selfish in a point, but, you know, I was talking about my child. Yes, you were, but what you, you're very clear that you want the loss of your son to make such a vital difference. In you know, in this world, particularly in this world of dirty clinics, I mean, you didn't, you know, your way of grieving um, was sort of unconventional. You decided to make a difference. You didn't go inward. You went outward. Yes. And um, um, there's a lot to be said for that. I was also shocked to hear that the loss of your son was so recent, Susan. I mean, this is this year. This is not six years ago. This is not ten years ago. This is this year. I know. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to talk about it. I know, um, and we're not going to stay on it very long. I just wanted my listeners to know, really to applaud you. Yes. Um, so when people listen to this show, they really understand you know, how much of your energy went into yes. this so soon, and you're doing such a, you know, such a mitzvah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for but, everybody else in the world. And I really think, as a news professional, mm-hmm. that this is a story with you behind it and with you gathering people into your organization, active people, excited people, people with a passion, I think this will change. I really do. It's just a matter of taking, you know, the protesting or, you know, your point of view to the next level so that the public can really understand that this dirty business is going on. You have me on board. So, I mean, there's so many other me's who have had, you know, teenagers and situations where they could really relate, but they don't know about this. So listen, we're going to have to take a commercial break, Susan. You're coming back for three more segments, and we're going to talk more about this. We're going to be a little repetitive for people who are just tuning in, and your story is incredible, and you're doing so much, and um, we all applaud you, really. So don't go away. Come right back and hear more about Not One More and Heroin Sucks Campaign. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're back with Susan Klamuskow, and she is the creator of Not One More. I want you all to go to the website, take a look at www.notonemore.net. Um, this is all part of the history for a campaign called Heroin Sucks. And, Susan, I'm going to ask you to define how Heroin Sucks came to be. I mean, we know the origination, but how it evolved into Heroin Sucks. Um, yes. Hi again, um, Cindy. Um, as we were talking about the prescription pills and how many of our youth have become addicted to um, prescription opiates in, especially, um, the, the the pills started to dry up with the clinics um, closing and the kids now being addicted to opiates, which is a physical addiction. They have to have it or they get very, very ill. Um, they, they turn to heroin or they have turned to heroin. Um, and the heroin market has exploded here in the United States. It's not just here in Simi Valley um, or San Fernando Valley, but it's also in Ohio and on the East Coast. And did it re-explode? Because it kind of was dormant for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, people have told me that it comes and then it goes and then it comes and it goes. Um, I believe this time around, I I feel that it's bigger than ever. Um, The heroin cartels are getting smarter. Um, They are actually marketing they have marketing techniques and tools that they do to keep people hooked, to keep people in the loop. Like, give me an example of a marketing technique because, you know, um, it's not anything that we ever see. It's sort of underground, right? It is underground, and I hear this through our addicts that are attempting to get clean and such. But um, it is basically if you can sell 10 um, doses, or they call them balloons or hits, um, then you would get one for free. So it encourages um, someone to go out and either, you know, revamp someone into the, you know, get them back into using again or to start using. Um, and then they are able to get free product because in the end, as they get more and more addicted, the demand for the um, the drug gets greater and greater and for them to stay unsick and just to be normal. 
So, um, unfortunately, these kids start stealing. Um, they start taking from their parents. They hawk things, um, PlayStations, uh, cameras, whatever they can get their hands on. They steal money. They go to the big. Um, they go to the stores and steal high-end products and turn around and return them to the other competitor store. Um, and I know all this because my son, when 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 the kids when they're trying to um, rehab and get better, they um, they they do share all that information. So it is a big problem for for United States in general, and I know the big corporations lose thousands and thousands of dollars, millions of dollars to theft and stuff, and it's basically driven by drugs. Um, yes, it is. I, you know, it's, I'm wondering, so, okay, the path is they go to these, these clinics, they get hooked on these opiates, usually. I mean, it could be something else, but that's the it most It could be problem. Adderall as well, which can also go into meth. Right. Okay. So then, then they have a problem. They're hooked to these pills. Okay. So how long is the cycle that they usually, you know, get addicted to these pills, use the pills, and then have to find something else? Um, are you talking time-wise or? Yes, time-wise. Um, yeah, I think that all depends on the individual. Okay, so it's all different. So they're on this road, and then what happens is all of a sudden they can't get the pills anymore? Yeah, or they become too expensive. The pills are more expensive than heroin. Heroin is very cheap. It is. Okay, so that's another fact. So they find sources to find the heroin. They they start talking to each other, and they say, and they hear that heroin is a much cheaper alternative, so you should try this and screw the doctor. Right. Okay. Right. Or else, that in in my son's case, they did close that clinic finally. So, so he needed something else because he was hooked. Yeah. Had an addiction, so he yeah. needed he needed something else to, you know, um, you know, to make him feel good again. Right. So, um, unfortunately, I think sometimes um, drugs create um, depression and possibly mental. Illness. Um, everybody's, you know, there's thoughts. What does do kids use because they have a mental illness, or, you know, what it was like? It's the chicken or the egg, um, so to speak. You know, what comes first, the mental illness or the drugs? And um, you know, with my son, I feel that depression was caused by his drug use. Um, he became more and more depressed. He was very, I think. Um, his expectations or his family's expectations of him um, created um, low self-esteem, sadness that he did not, he was losing control over himself and his ability to manage his life. Um, His goals, his dreams started disappearing. You know, he couldn't get through them. Um, All that mattered to him was getting high or keeping that one last dose going. And um, I ended up, you know, with a whole college education for my son, using it for um, rehabs, which is very sad um, sure. for many parents who have so many expectations for their children um, to be productive adults and have families of their own and to, you know, watch them grow and to invest so much into your child um, from the time they're little to reading them books at night to, every, you know, being involved and being the sports mom, the soccer mom, to, in the end, having a heroin addict um, is just 
unbelievable. And I think that's when my son passed on January 8th of this year. Um, I thought he had turned the corner. I thought he was making it through. And when he, when he did pass, I was so angry. I was so angry at him for doing that. I was so angry at society for allowing this to happen. Um, and there's no one to blame but my son. I understand that. But it's still you get angry. And shortly after my son passed, another mom lost her daughter here in Simi Valley. It was 16 days later. And that's kind of how we came together in our group is um, people, parents who have had heroin addicts in their homes. Um, I, if anything I've done for anybody, it's allowed them to come forward and lift the stigma up enough to communicate and give the community awareness um, that this is out there and this is what's going on. Um, and, and so great that you're lifting the stigma because it's, it really shouldn't be a stigma. It really should be a problem. <laughs> yes, a problem but, with solutions. And, um, you know, there's no stigma to this. If you look at your site, you have a page, you have um, an immemorial page, and mm-hmm. um, you could see that there, any of these kids could be your kids. Exactly. Exactly. Um, they're, 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 they're all good kids. Kids go away to college. They come back as heroin addicts. Um, so there is no, I mean, there's no stigma. It could really happen to you. Yes. And it's happening to so many more people than we really know because they fear to talk about it because of the stigma. Exactly. They're embarrassed by it. Families, parents, parents are embarrassed that, that, that they, they feel like they're being judged um, by the rest of society, like they've done something wrong, that they weren't a good enough parent. Um, I, I disagree with that. I, 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 I mean, nobody's perfect. I don't think my family was perfect by all means. But I'll tell you, I had my children's best interests at my heart at all times, and I I was trying to be the best mom I possibly could be. And, and, you, were, and you definitely were. And I think that, you know, I bet you if people would, you know, be honest, if they were to do a survey, let's say, for the sake of argument, you know, where they know that they would be anonymous for the time being, I bet you the numbers would be staggering in terms of how many families would admit to the fact that they had, you know, um, addiction problems like these in their families. People don't talk about it. Right. Correct. So it's not, the, it, you know, it, in many of these cases, it's usually not the parents' fault at all. I mean, there has to, you know, the blame has to stop and, Thinking, you have to think about how you could help yourselves, help your families, help others. Correct. And, Correct. Um, you know, you're really a goddess, even though you like to claim that you're just a mom, okay, for coming forward with this. You're so brave to make the world a better place for everyone else. You talk about, you know, dirty clinics. I mean, this is a horrible problem. It's a horrible problem that if you're in denial... Number one, you're probably not going to even identify that, you know, that your family has a problem because it's easier to walk away from it, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, So, the stigma is a big deal. Right. And awareness. Um, When when my son passed, we had um, a a lot of people come by, old friends from, from the past that would stop by that grew up with us and our children and... You know, um, and, and with one particular couple that had come forward, they were letting us know about 
um, their son was having a drinking problem, and you know he was still living in the house. And um, we got to chatting, and we started we started chatting about the signs and symptoms of um, heroin use, and it raised their their eyebrows perked up when they started hearing some of the things. And lo and behold, they went home that night and found that their son, in fact, was using heroin. Of course, they had no idea. Again, they had no idea. So, I mean, the fact that you're even, you know, communicating to people to make them aware, you know, you are saving other lives because of, you know, getting them out of, getting their heads out of the sand and telling them the signs that they should look for, they wouldn't even know. Um, right. You know, so this is really, you know, it's, it's really amazing that you are doing this because I bet you that you are going to be responsible and not one more is going to be responsible for saving a lot of lives. I certainly hope so. Um, we, we have a lot of addicts that have gone into treatment here in Simi Valley. I, there's, I think there's a total of 30 um, in out, extensive outpatient um, treatment currently as we speak. We've been working with Action Family Counseling who has done some freebies for us for the you know the kids that are really having a hard time. It is a very challenging disease, um, and these children do not want to be addicted. Yet they can't help themselves, and relapsing is so um, it's just so prevalent. So we we are all um, trying to gather our arms around these individuals that are at least trying and trying to move forward and get through their addictions. Um, also, that's a big um, thing that we've been doing and working as a community together and supporting these um, these young people. Um, okay, well, we're going to take another commercial okay. break. I told you, Susan, that these segments go pretty fast. Yes. I do. And, um, again, we appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, really making an impact on new things that people have to be aware of to help um, mitigate this, you know, this reality. And it's realistic, it's this big reality, a big problem in society today. So stand by. We'll be back right after these commercial breaks. More about heroin sucks. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. I encourage listeners to go back to the beginning of the show if you're coming in late, particularly if you're downloading this um, at a future date. This is a really important, life-changing, eye-opening show. And our guest today is Susan Klimusko, and she is the creator of Not One More. And this show really gives you, um, you know, sort of a look of what Not One More is all about, and I guarantee you it's going to educate you because I didn't know that heroin was rampant today, that it was it was very, very popular again, and parents in particular should know that it's popular again and that kids are using it. And, you know, Susan, what would you say are some signs to look for if a parent really wants to sort of, take inventory, if you will, of personality changes? Oh, um, first of all, and this is with lots of addictions, is isolation. They start to isolate themselves more from their families, more from their friends, especially when it does um, get um, quite bad because they're embarrassed by it. And um, they also, I mean, as far as, Seeing them, their pupils would be very tiny if they've just used. Sometimes they nod off. It's called the nod, and um, they get a little slurry. Um, they will, if they're injecting it, which is the end of the road, um, pretty much they will be wearing long sleeve shirts. Um, they might even be injecting up their nose or in between their toes and their fingers to hide the injection marks and the track marks. Um, they will snort um, pills and heroin. So you will find, like, pens broken um, so that they can snort snort it. You, they will find um, uh, maybe some residue. Um, they said there's a, you know, a lot of people have said there's a very unique smell to it. I, for one, never smelt it. So I, I don't know that part of it, and I don't know if it's me or what, but... Um, also, the, like a resin, and if they're snorting, they will. Um, you'll find um, evidence of that. Also, aluminum foil. That's one of the first um, ways I started realizing is I found a wadded up piece of aluminum foil in my son's pocket during when I was, you know, helping him with some laundry. And when I unraveled it, it was like some. Um, it looked like it had been burned on the inside. I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Um, so when I had watched a show on intervention and they showed two boys smoking heroin on a piece of aluminum foil um, using a piece of a pen to, to suck up the smoke, it, it all kind of came to me. Um, but they, it's, it's a process and they progress 
and you can just kind of tell. You know your your child. You if you really have your eyes wide open, you can see the difference. They lose weight. They start to lose weight. They go from normal weight. They can lose twenty, thirty pounds. Um, they become very constipated. Opiates are a huge constipation factor. They might complain of hemorrhoids, um, bleeding, things like that. Um, so that that's specific to heroin and opiate use. Um, also, they could get a raspy cough. Um, my son, I remember when, especially when he was smoking the pills, um, he would get up in the morning and cough, 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 cough. And it was like that. You need to, you know, it's, it's very apparent that something's not right. Right, right. Um, so I... Uh, <laughs> I'm no, you're, do, thoughts, you're doing <laughs> beautifully. You're you're doing beautifully. Oh, um, um, but what 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 we're doing with not one more? It's not just me. It was a group of people, and most um, everybody in our group has some kind of form of addiction, whether um, not them themselves, but some of them do. They're in recovery themselves, or um, parents that have active children that are actively using that, and also um, parents who have children who are actively trying to recover. Um, so there is a group of us um, that have come together and some brilliant people um, that have created this website and um, helped us with marketing and um, fundraising and stuff like that. So the whole group t- came together, um, and it's been just an amazing journey for me to get to know all these people and their pluses and their minuses. And we all work together and we accept each other for who we are, and um, we're trying to make a difference. Um, well, it's all for the cause, so, you know, they, yep. everybody has the right intentions and really wants to help. So Absolutely. it's great that you have that community. And, it's, and you mentioned, can you talk about, um, is there a, a, a big event that's happening in September in conjunction with Heroin Sucks, can you explain that? Yes, absolutely. September 15th, we have been invited to um, a worldwide Heroin Awareness Day by some people on the East Coast that are also actively fighting the heroin use in their communities. And so we wanted this to be um, more public. Um, basically, it's having a heroin heroin rally or what we're doing here in Simi Valley is we're going to do a march um, on that day. Um, just for several hours, you could have speakers, um, counselors, drug counselors, um, city officials, um, and the community come together with some signs just to say, yes, it is here in our community, and um, to be aware of it. Um, so we were um, very fortunate to be invited to that, and um, we have said that we will be a part of it. Um, so, And I know Thousand Oaks is doing it um, and a couple other communities. Um, but if you, it is a Facebook invite, and I think you can find it on Facebook. Um, right, because there is a Facebook page that's dedicated to the cause. Correct. And, um, you know, it seems to me like you have a lot of people who are active on it. You just had an event in Simi Valley on Sunday that was quite a success because of people talking about it on Facebook. Yes, yes. We were, you know, the social media is how we all got started and got connected. And um, it's amazing when people have a passion, and that's what, what we are, is passionate about our beliefs and to help 
my 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 other child is grown. My son is gone. It's not about my children anymore. It's about your children. It's about the children that are out there that are coming up. There's been a lack of education, um, and it, from pills to heroin. As far as I know, in the school districts, at least here in Simi Valley, they're not educating the children or the parents about those pills and, and how deadly they can really be and where it could lead you. I'm sure the children never grew up saying, I'm going to grow up to be a heroin addict. It just kind of um, happened to them. So they were not... Um, they, we're, we were very ill-prepared, I think, our society for what was going on. It seems like so, it could be pretty fast to, you know integrate some drug education programs back into our school system. It's just a matter of somebody making a decision to do it. Absolutely. That's, and that's been the hard part for us is to try to convince that there is a problem. I believe people have st- statistics. I think st- st- ugh, statistics can be either modified or not necessarily if you don't report it, it never happens, so to speak. Um, and, you know, if you see the school district saying, no, we have no heroin, um, de- you know, problems in our schools, um, yet we had two teachers that were arrested for heroin use in our schools. So, I mean, it's, if the schools, I think, identify that there's a problem and they are responsible financially to help with the problem, and that, that becomes, to me, kind of an ethical issue because it's not about money. It needs to be about the kids. And it's very frustrating for us as a community to say, let's be honest, let's do what we have to do, and let's... Um, and we've even offered to go in and do free programs, try to put together some free programs for our city. They will not let it to happen for our school districts. Uh, I don't really Why? understand and, that. And they don't want to do it because they don't want to admit there's a problem or... They're afraid of liability, or what do you think drives them to not cooperate? I think it drives them that they do not want people to believe they have a problem. Um, I know my child, my son and his friends actively used pills and um, alcohol and drugs on campus, and this was back in 2005, 6, and 7. I know it was there. I've heard the stories. Yet, if you don't arrest them, also, they, if, if they do find a drug problem in the schools, they handle it internally. It is not brought forth to um, the police, necessarily. They do have school resource officers. We have two here in Simi Valley for, I want to say, I, I'm guess, guesstimating that over 10,000 children. Um, and, you know, I just don't think the resources are good, um, good enough for, the, for this problem, I think um, having deterrence, having dogs around campus, the dog sniffers around campus, on campus, police, um, you know, presence occasionally on campus, I think would be a deterrent for children to bring these drugs onto campus and possibly share with other children and such. So I, I think it's it's a very complicated prog- problem. Um, I think people need to look at their city elects and and their school elective um, officials and see if they do have um, children of their own that are going to school or have some kind of um, connection or passion about making those schools as safe as can be for for them. I also, children that do not choose to use drugs, 
I think they deserve to have a, a safe environment and not have people nodding off in class or using or smoking heroin or whatever in the bathrooms. Um, it's, it's, it's a problem we all need to address and need to be aware of because it does happen. It happened back when I went to school, smoking in the bathrooms. Yeah, I think. no, it did. I think in our generation, and Susan, I think we're peers in terms of, you know, our age and everything like that. And the thing that I think about, and I, I grew up in the New York City school system, the public mm-hmm. school system, um, it was a priority at that time when I was going to school and, you know, even in, you know, junior high school, and this was in the 70s, okay? Right. Because heroin was, you know, a popular drug at that time, education was really a priority. I mean, mm-hmm. in our, you know, physical education classes, every, you know, curriculum is different, they they actually opted to interweave drug awareness into physical education. And, you know, it really was it was a benefit to all of us. We have to take a commercial break, and we could talk more in our last segment, Susan. Think about some things that you might want to say to wrap up, and I will continue to guide you with questions. And um, you're really a terrific guest. I want to thank you so much for sharing so much information, but don't go away because we have one more segment. We'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back, and we are in our final segment with Susan Klamusko, and we are discussing not one more. Um, you know, I really encourage everybody to go into www.notonemore.net to learn more about it or go back to the beginning of the show because Susan has shared um, really vital information about life and death and education and some 
things that have to be fixed in our system and dirty doctors and dirty pharmacies and dirty clinics and how that all leads to a very dark road for some of our our children. Um, and it is mostly young people, isn't it, Susan? Yes. Um, there's actually a term out there now um, by some of the um, rehabs. They're called TUHAs, 20-year-old heroin addicts. Um, and that's basically a lot of these kids are coming into rehabs as heroin addicts in their low, their early 20s. And um, now they're even as young as 15 and 16 is what I'm hearing. Um, what I would like to, you know, in the end of this, I would like to um, thank Regenerate Films for reaching out to us, who is also another nonprofit um, film company that um, is having the, the one thing about talking to these addicts that we all agree on is that these children, these young people do not listen to us as parents. They, they know it all. They've been there. They do that. But they listen to their peers. And the one thing that I applaud Regenerate Films by doing is having children learn and build and make films um, for our children. Um, and they have one, um, RG's last project, a teen suicide movie that I watched that was wonderful. Um, and they have they are grouping up with us um, with not one more, and we're trying to get the youth to come forward, and we're looking at doing public service announcements, possibly a phone application, and who knows, maybe even a movie that the kids get to put together. And this is the kind of um, education we want to put out there um, and try to reach our children and and make a change in our society. And, you know, like you said, um, youth talking to youth is the best kind of peer communication here because they know how to talk to each other and listen to each other. And like what we saw with the film, you know, My Suicide, um, which became Archie's final project, which will also be available as My Suicide again very, very soon because the kids really like the title better. Um you know, it was getting these kids to be a very huge part of the of the writing and the producing process. So when you saw the film, you saw that this wasn't really made to communicate so much with adults, but much more made to communicate peer-to-peer with kids Absolutely. so that they could connect to it. And, um, you know, I, you know, in terms of, an alliance with Regenerate Films and not one more, I, we're hoping to replicate some of that. And, you know, I met you at a what I thought was a nice start in a community meeting that we had at the Four Friends Gallery um, on June 2nd, and I was very excited by, you know, what some of the kids and what some of the team leaders came up with. Oh, yeah, it was a brainstorming event that they had with the kids, um, ideas, um, how to put things together, what they should do, what the direction is. And they they really just leave it up to the kids. And it's, it's very, um, I, it makes me very hopeful because now these kids are going to be part of the solution, part of um, the solution and not part of the problem. And we have um, all different kinds of kids, kids that have used, kids that haven't used, kids that want to be in the videos, um, you know, maybe in film industry someday or whatever it may be. And they're coming together 
um, to to help their peers. And I mean, what what can be more beautiful than that? Um, so I, I really wanna, yeah, no, it is beautiful, and I and I want to encourage parents or you know kids that might be downloading this or hear about it from their parents or from somewhere that we are looking for kids that want to be a part of this creative process, and we have open communication through the Regenerate Films Facebook page, and you have, you know, your Facebook page, too. Is it, it's not one more Facebook yeah, we, page. Yeah, we, the, the kids have developed a not one more Regenerate Films PSA subgroup. If you want to join, if there's an active member local to Simi Valley and Thousand Oaks, Ventura County area, um, we can't do it worldwide or... I mean, or nationwide, but anybody local to that that would want to be involved um, to to um, ask to be added to that group of not one more regenerate films PSA subgroup. It would be it would be great, and this is an opportunity for kids who, you know, have an aspiration to you know be creative, produce films, produce apps, you know, amplify voices through you know artistic outlets. This is this is the time, particularly right now, if you are in the Thousand Oaks, Simi Valley area, um, and hopefully it can be replicated, you know, in other in other locations throughout the country. But we have to start small, right? Right, we start small. That's we one one little city at a time, you know, and reach out to the next. Um, I wanted to back up just a minute and say if anybody's interested in the worldwide anti-heroin rally and memorial, you can find that as well on um, Facebook. Um, they're, the hosts of that are from back east, and maybe you could befriend uh, Janice Narji, Ed McCann, or Chad Sabora. Um, again, that's on the Worldwide Anti-Heroin Rally for September 15th. So if you have a city or if you'd like to, uh, a community out there that you want to put together an anti-heroin um, rally on that day, um, you can contact them on that Facebook page, and they will send you out the information that you would need. A very, uh, very active pages, I might add, and um, I'm so happy that social media has become an easy to use tool for everybody today because it's a great way to recruit people and it's great people it's a great way to amplify messages absolutely and, you know and young ones are using it you know they might not love you know going into a website and posting their name but on social media platforms they feel like it's more peer to peer communication Yes. We have to stay one step ahead of these guys. <laughs> I know, and it's really hard, but knowing them and knowing how they think gives us, you know, a yeah. little bit of a jump start, and um, we're really doing it to help them, and we're really doing it for them to encourage other people, for them to bring their own peers in. You know, if, they're, if they do that, we're, we're happy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you don't have to talk to us grown-ups, just you know, know that there's a problem there and help each other out in whatever way you feel you could help each other out, you know. Um, we want you to do it, and we'll let you play, and we will get out of your way. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm I'm literally looking forward to it. So, um, listen, we are coming to the end of the show. Susan, is there anything else that you want to add, you know, in the last, you know, couple of minutes that we have? Anything that you think that we missed? I think we kind of covered the gamut. Yeah, we did cover the gamut. The only last thing I'd like to say is there's a lot of families out there that are suffering, 
and parents that are suffering. They're, they're beyond um, belief on what they have to deal with with their children. It is a family disease, heroin, and it's, there's a lot of trauma and a lot of drama that goes on. And um, I would recommend to the, anybody out there, families that are dealing with it, is to be come forth, go out and, and get help, form groups. Uh, this, the group in Simi Valley has just grown um, exponentially with the um, with the parents that are coming to support each other that have heroin addicts as, as children. And until you have a child that's doing that, people really don't understand how bad it is um, to open that door every morning and, you know, hope, hope your child is not blue, hope, you, hope your child is still breathing. Uh, many a parent has, um, have found their children. So um, it's, it, I want I to know that we're there for them too. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your generous time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you spend so much time on the cause. This is just a very, very, very tiny part of it. I, you know, thank you for your soul. Thank you for everything that you're doing, and thank you for the fight because I know that you're going to make the world a better place. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Cindy, very much. It was a pleasure being on your show. Okay, everybody, take care. And we are going to be on the air on July 5th, the day after July 4th, which is a midweek holiday. So I'll see all of you next week. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel.